Hello and welcome to The Muppets, the sitcom, the podcast, presented by ToughPicks.com. This is the podcast where we revisit The Muppets' grand return to television in the 2015 ABC series The Muppets and see how it holds up five years later. You can follow along with the series by revisiting The Muppets 2, now streaming on Disney+. I'm Joe Hennis, your host for today's show, and today our special guest is one of our fellow Tough Pigs writers. Please introduce yourself, friend. I am Anthony Strand, and uh, like Joe said, I write for Tough Pigs. I'm also one of the hosts of our other podcast, Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast. Presented by ToughPigs.com. <laughs> Presented by ToughPigs.com. That's right. And it's a great podcast, and if anyone out there is at all interested in Muppets, which I assume you are because you're listening to this, then uh, I highly recommend that you listen to it. It's, it's, it's great. And, and Joe has been on our show... Uh, I don't know, probably 10 times or something. I don't know. You've been on a lot. You've I hold the record for, for guest starring on, on your on your show there. Um, but today, we are not talking about Muppet movies. We are talking about The Muppets Episode 3, Bear Left Then Bear Right, in which Fozzie Bear attempts to live in the woods and write a screenplay, Miss Piggy attempts revenge on Christina Applegate, and Gonzo attempts to trick a woman into dating him. But before we talk about any of that, Anthony, um, did you watch uh, The Muppets back in 2015? And if so, what was your opinion of it at the time? Yeah, I watched every episode right after it aired. Um, and I tried so hard to like it. I like I reviewed the second episode. I reviewed last week's episode, Hostile Makeover, for Tough Pigs at the time. And it was like a stirring defense of how, like, no, Kermit has depth in this now. They're writing Kermit like a real person. Like on the Muppet Show, Muppets uh, Muppets are having depth and it's going to be so good. And everyone should be watching this new show that like dares to treat the Muppets like real people. Uh, and I, I tried so hard to continue feeling that way. And I liked it, especially during that fall season. You know, yeah. uh, the first like the first half, the first eight episodes. Yeah, I would say I liked it less and less every day episode probably yeah that's probably accurate and i think i think a lot of fans especially those of us who are working on um reviewing the show week to week probably probably agree with you you know we we were so excited about it at the beginning and then that excitement went down and then it went back up but it really like you know in the end was more of a downer than anything well and i just rewatched them all for i did in a tough pigs article ranking all the episodes of this and a couple other shows so i just rewatched them all in july and the second half really is so much better than the first half. Like, like so much better. But here I am talking about one of these instead. But go on. That's all right. Well, I mean, they were, they were fixing the show, you know? And, and, like, it was a show that yeah. needed to be fixed. I mean, most shows do. And, you know, they just didn't get the chance to really, you know, retool it. But, um, you know, we do have this first half of the season where, like, it, it has problems. Like, it's, it's, we've got stuff that we need to work out. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, diving deep into this episode with you. But I'm curious, um, for the, the article that you wrote where you ranked all the, the post-Muppet Show uh, TV episodes, um, where did this one rank and what was your, your review of it? So I ranked this episode at number 48. Ooh. Out of the fifty. Oh no! Yeah, um, yeah, and only only ahead. No, sorry, I'm looking again. Number forty nine, actually, oh, wow. ahead of one other episode of of this series. Uh, actually, next week's episode. <laughs> but uh, so here's what I wrote about it. I just wrote like a very brief sentence about each one. I put, "What if instead of jokes, Kermit and Fozzie just say you're the man at each other for a solid minute? Does that count as comedy?" And does it? We'll find no! out. No, it doesn't. No, it's <laughs> terrible. It's like, like, and that's. I mean, we can, we can. We'll, I guess we'll probably go in order or something. But that specific scene that I'm talking about, where Kermit and Fozzie literally just say, "You're the man." No, you're the man. No, you. No, you. You, 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 you. It's about thirty seconds of the show, and it's that's that's not a joke. Like these yeah. are the same two guys who did Good Grief, the comedians of Bear. Yeah. Yeah, and now they're just like now they're just being a beer commercial for some reason. <laughs> like watching this one today, like what struck me now, and I paid more attention today than I did for that other article. Right, you only had to write one sentence for that one. Right, um, the, but like watching this episode, what struck me is that the writers have no interest in who these characters are at all. It's 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 just 
I mean, this could be the third episode of any sitcom where we don't know the characters that well yet. Like, they don't act like they have a history. They don't act like they have established personalities. They act like people that the writers haven't haven't learned who they are yet. And it's very frustrating. That's an interesting point, especially because, you know, I think this show... Um, was reliant on the fact that we know who these characters are before coming into it because the Muppets have had this long history. Like they, they may not be who they were like in the early eighties anymore, but at the same time, like, like, Oh, it's Kermit and Fozzie and Biggie and Gonzo. And like, you know who those guys are like, come see their new antics. But at the same time, they completely changed who they are or, or watered them down Mm -hmm. so much that they maybe don't even want you to know who they are because they, they want you to forget about Good Grief the Comedian's a Bear so that maybe you're going to laugh at you're the man, no, you're the man, no, you're the man, no, you're the man. So so like I said, when we open this episode, there's three main plot lines, um, and they don't really intersect all that much except for the fact that, like, Gonzo has a line in the Piggy storyline and Kermit has a line in the, you know, like here and there. Like, I mean, there, there's no real... Um, there, there are real divisions between those three storylines. So rather than go scene by scene and kind of mishmash through them, because in my in my original notes for this episode, it was like, like so we spent ten seconds with Fozzie, then we spend you know a minute and a half with Piggy, and then we do ten more seconds with Gonzo, and it's like rather than that, let's just take each of these three storylines one by one. Sure. So okay, starting with the one, I mean the the big one because it's in the the title of the episode, uh, which again is bear left then bear right. Uh, right spelled W-R-I-T-E. Ha ha ha. It's kind of a pun. Um, let's start with the Fozzie Bear uh, storyline. Um, so Fozzie sure. uh, apparently wrote a bad sketch. Um, as you may you may not believe it, but Fozzie wrote something that's not very funny. Um, and he wants it to be on the show, Up Late with Miss Piggy, which, by the way, we have not really seen them do sketches yet. It's really just an interview show where... I assume that Gonzo, Pepe, and Rizzo, as the writing team, are writing sketches, and they're they're not making it to air. Well, they they talked about the Dancing with the with the Czars thing, right? That was like, a couple episodes. They talked ago. about that already. Yeah, that yeah. was that was in the first episode. Uh, right. But uh, but we didn't actually see it, and like it was almost more fun. We we mentioned in the in the podcast, like it's almost more fun to to see them talk about it than to see the sketch itself. Um, in, in that Thirty Rock kind of way. But you know, in a Muppet Show sure. kind of way, that doesn't work at all. Um, like we now, we just want to see you know Muppets in crazy costumes dancing around and and you know having fun. But we don't get that. We get Kermit saying, "No, that's not funny," and then they don't do it. Um, and that's pretty much what happens here because Fozzie has the sketch and Kermit doesn't want to tell him that it's it's bad and it won't make it to air because he's balancing the fact that he is both Fozzie Bear's boss. And Fozzie's best friend, um, which is interesting because it's like in the old Muppet show, it's like, yeah, they were friends. But like Fozzie definitely like, you know, was employed by Kermit the Frog. And he, he like had a fear of Kermit the Frog in, in a certain sense because of that. Right. On the on the Muppet show, Kermit would have told them it was bad. It's like immediately backstage. And it would have been like in a in a laugh line. Right. It would have just been like Kermit dismissing it out of hand. And then, like, the joke would be Fozzie's despair that Kermit doesn't like it or something, you know? Yeah. And I wonder if a big part of the reason why it's like, well, now they have to be best friends is due to Muppet Babies because they were best friends in Muppet Babies. And that that really, like, affected a lot of the way that the characters were written for, you know, decades beyond that. It's it's funny that you say that because to me it's it's the great Muppet Keeper. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the Muppet movie, frankly, like... Yeah, but both of those movies, like they're just here's Kermit and Fozzie, here's the crew, you know. Yeah, I think you're right, but at the same time, you know, Fozzie still in both those movies was like Kermit's sidekick, you know, like he still called him Sir. Right? Stuff, no, no, you know? yeah, no. Even though they were supposed to no, be twin brothers. Joe. Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. But like this show is awful. Like <laughs> you're, you're like, like, like. But it's, it's going back to what I'm saying. Like these writers have no interest in who these people are. Yeah. They want it to just be like, these are the best friends. These are Joey and Chandler or whatever. Yeah, right. Cause right. like, and which like, that's the other thing is like, imagine you don't know who the Muppets are and you stumble upon this thing. And it's just like, 
some generic like it's just it's go on or whatever it's just some generic sitcom that nobody cares about <laughs> go or, on or up, up all night or, or up all night featuring featuring this episode's guest star christina Applegate. oh good that's better but i i am gen- genuinely curious if anyone listening to this podcast has ever heard of go on <laughs> okay but like those are other sitcoms from around the same time that are tonally very similar correct yes and 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 depended on like the audience's fondness for the stars. Also, yeah, yeah. Uh, y- y- you know, like 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 that's the thing. This show doesn't remind me of other Muppet stuff. It reminds me of other bad comeback vehicle sitcoms. Like that's the biggest tragedy of this thing. And I, 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 you know, I often go back to the question of you know why, like when the Muppets do something, the question we should be asking the question why puppets? Like why does this have to be puppets? Why does this have to be Muppets? Mm-hmm. But like puppets first, you know, it's same as like is something animated. Why is this animated? You know, like are you doing something in animation that you can't do in live action? And with this show in particular, are you doing something with Muppets or puppets um, that you can't do with, you know, Matthew Perry? And and the answer is no. Like they're not like not one bit of this. Right. At this point, absolutely zero. Right. Like it's you could not change. You could you could film this whole episode with humans and change nothing. Right. Like, not even a sight gag. One thing that you would have to change, though, is the scene at Rolf's Tavern. Um, this episode introduces us to the concept of Rolf's Tavern, which is the bar led uh, owned by Rolf, uh, the titular Rolf. Um, in the, his, his scene, he mm-hmm. uh, is wearing a dog cone because he just had surgery, but he kept biting at the stitches, and so he had to put it on himself. So, so you're smiling, which implies to me that you find that amusing. I found that amusing. I did find that amusing. I, I like because I, I like the fact that like Rolf is is equal parts like middle aged man and dog, and the fact that he's just like yeah. I mean, right. I had, like he had like, surgery. He's like, but you know, like I, I had to put on it. I put the dog cone on myself. If someone else put the dog cone on him, that wouldn't have worked. But the fact that he's just like, eh, it's what dogs do, you know, so I, so I don't bite at the, at the stitches. Like, I yeah, thought that was kind of amusing. That's fair, but, like, I don't know. To me, it's, like, so – who is Rolf? He's a laid-back dude that plays the piano. When they sat down to write this show, they thought, who is Rolf? I don't know, a talking dog, lol. Yes. What if he talks about dog stuff? Wouldn't that be unusual? Like, like that's it. He doesn't play the piano. Like, he doesn't need to play the piano. Like, you know, but, like, he has a bar, and he never once plays the piano at his bar in this series. I think the um, I think the expectation when we heard that, that Rolf's role on the show was that he was going to be working, like, across the street at the bar, which, first of all, I hate the fact that he's not with the rest of the Muppet group, like, working on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah. when we heard that, the first thing I thought was, like, okay, he may not be, like, the piano-playing dog, but he still gets to play, like, the bartender, which tends to be, like, a kind of a a psychiatrist slash, um, you know, a, a philosopher for people who are going right. to the bar with problems. He doesn't really do that. He definitely doesn't do that in this episode. And no. we don't really see him doing that, but that was the hope behind. Right. No, no. Show. Yeah. That there were a lot of hopes that this show would be like, we, we were really excited for this show before it aired. Yep. <laughs> That's right. But like, I don't like to me now that this show is, is, first of all, dead and buried years ago. Like, it's not, it's not like this show's been on for five years. It's, it was like a thing that happened that nobody cares. Like, no, nobody cares about this but us, right? No, like, correct, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's like, so we can sit around here and be like, well, it could have been fun for Rolf to own a bar, but it wasn't. No, like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree, I agree. Although I will say, and here's another reason why I, I, I do laugh at the Rolf acting like, like a human dog hybrid joke is like, that's, that's dog city. That's one line from dog city. Yeah. You know? That is dog city, but it, that's true. But it's, I don't, ah, and if that was I don't Rolf's know, only thing, if that was the only thing he did was be like, like, Hey guys, I got fleas or like, Hey guys, uh, like I just pooped on the sidewalk. Then it's like, well, no, yeah. okay, that, that's not Rolf anymore. That's just dog man. But like, it's one Rolf had one line and that's the line they gave him. And I thought it was pretty amusing. Yeah, I guess, I guess it, honestly, if he wasn't, like, ripping it off and biting his stitches later, it wouldn't bother me as much. Yeah, yeah, that's but, like, fair we too. see him again, and he's, like, like literally, like, biting at his stitches like a dog, which, okay, he's a dog, lol. But it's just, they just don't care about who Rolf is. Yeah, 
That's actually just yeah. They were they were presented with a set of characters that they've never heard of, and they were like, "This one's a talking dog. What do talking dogs do? I don't know. Talk about biting themselves because they have stitches or whatever." You're totally right. But uh, so Kermit and Fozzie are, are they're at the bar. That's the setting. That's the only reason that we're we're at the bars because they have to have a location for them to have this conversation. Uh, but uh, Kermit wants to tell them that the sketch isn't going to make it to air. We find out what the sketch is about. Uh, it is about a porcupine buying dress socks, uh, which again, like fun to hear them talk about. Never want to see it. Sounds funny. Sure, it's right. Funny enough for for a premise, not funny enough for real television. Um, but what if it was about a frog buying a t-shirt with his name on it? Oh man. So that's the thing is like, that sounds like (laughs) the exactly the same amount of stupid. And yet that sketch from Sesame street is one of the greatest things that has ever existed on the the medium. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so Kermit can't bear to tell him that the idea is not, it's not gonna make it to air. So he tells him it's so good. He should turn it into a movie. And honestly, I would watch a movie about a porcupine buying dress socks. (laughs) <laughs> sure. Especially if it's um, a musical. <laughs> so, so I, I don't want to sit around bashing Steve Whitmire all day. I, <laughs> I don't. I feel like 25 years of Steve Whitmire as Kermit brought us to the point where he can't tell Fozzie a sketch is bad. Uh, yeah, I, I think we've talked before about how like that, like Steve Whitmire's performance as Kermit has like it, it's very it was a very slow evolution and here's the thing I'm I'm all for characters changing and evolving even even like you know as long as it doesn't come out of nowhere um, you know we shouldn't leave these characters uh, like in 1976 that doesn't work for me and I don't think that works right, for sure. keeping them alive so uh, that that I'm not complaining about that part but the fact that the way that he evolved was so that Kermit, you know, they, he, like Steve had talked about things like Kermit doesn't lie. Kermit uh, doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't try to trick his friends. Um, you know, like it, these, these are the kinds of things that make Kermit feel a little too Mickey Mouse, a little too milk toast. For sure, and, for sure. Um, this, is a, this is a good example of that, especially because in this series, we're seeing little snippets of Kermit's snarkiness kind of coming back. Um, mm. We don't see it so much in this episode, but in other episodes that that that, uh, that we've seen and, and will see, um, you know, those little things of like the frustration that Kermit feels of being a showrunner again, like that stuff is coming back. And this is one of those things where like he could have had that snarkiness and he could have he could have been a dick, but instead Kermit is leaning toward the way he's been since you know the mid '90s of like like oh gee whiz, well I guess I have to be the nice guy here. Yeah. And it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, again, if it was funnier, it'd be fine. Like, sure, yeah. Um, you're right. It's not it, it's not funny, but I guess this is also act one. The the hope, and I keep talking about the hope, <laughs> as if it means anything. Right. But the hope is like, right. oh, well, we're setting it up for something, and something is going to pay off. Um, but, you know, what what ends up happening is is that Fozzie wants to now quit uh, Up Late with Miss Piggy so that he can write his screenplay. Um not, I don't know why he can't do both, but, you know, apparently he, he's got to quit his job. He doesn't have time to be the, the Andy Richter, the Andy McMahon. To I Miss Piggy's <laughs> Conan. Um, but the scene where he quits does have my favorite joke in this episode by far. What was that? Which is when Sam the Eagle says, I for one will miss Fozzie. He wasn't funny, but he kept it clean. <laughs> it's true. Which is a really good Sam line. That it's is a good Sam good. line. Um, and that line is also followed up with Bobo saying that he really felt like he had a connection to Fozzie. And Scooter says, oh, it's because you're both bears, right? And Bobo says, no, we were swim buddies at the Y. But... Which is a funny image. A very funny image. It is. Fozzie and Bobo swimming laps. For sure. I love that. I love the fact that they, they bonded over something other than being bears. Um, one thing that I don't care for, and I, I talked about this a couple episodes ago with you know the, the whole sequence of Fozzie meeting his girlfriend's parents and like the innate racism that's put onto bears in that scene because his, uh, his girlfriend's father hates bears for some reason. Um, yeah. or, or at least hates the idea of his daughter dating a bear. Uh, but here it's like Scooter saying like like oh it's because you're you're both you both have the same skin color right and it's like, right well, yeah no, yeah. That's, yeah like we're kind of like slipping those racist jokes into to a show about the you know starring the Muppets which I don't know how I feel about that yeah no you're right it's not it's not great um and and it's one of those things where like 
are Muppet Bears a distinct race, like within the Muppet world? I don't know. No, I mean the answer is was no up until 2015 when they decided to make jokes about it. Right. True. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But to be fair, not so. Now that I'm thinking about it, is like I think back to like the Muppet movie. And, like, Kermit makes jokes about being a frog all the time. Other people make jokes about being a frog. But the second that Doc Hopper says, like, oh, you like, like uh, you frogs expand, don't you? And he make, puffs his cheeks out. Like, Kermit is insulted, you know? So there's a line that you, you can't cross. That's true. That's true. Scooter is the Doc Hopper of this episode. <laughs> uh, he wants Bobo the Bear to be his spokes bear for his bear meat restaurant. Or else he'll stuff him. Yeah, Vincent Price talked about eating bear meat in front of Fozzie one time. That ah, was when the Muppets hosted the Tonight Show. Remember that? I do remember that. We talked about that a couple episodes ago on this podcast. That is way better than this. We should just watch that again. <laughs> we should. And hey, if you haven't already, everyone, go listen to the episode of Moving Right Along, the podcast where we all talk about the Muppets hosting the Tonight Show in 1979. Oh, um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so uh, there, there's an interesting line here too, where Kermit, uh, oh sorry, Fozzie says, uh, "You don't have to believe in me. I believe in me." Um, and then Kermit tells him that the line's a little contrived, and which is right. garbage because everything in this is contrived. Like, <laughs> it's no, it's no different than anything anyone says to anyone in this terrible script. But here's the thing: like I was thinking about the fact. Okay, you don't have to believe in me. I believe in me. That seems like the kind of thing the Muppets have said over and over and over and over again. Well, the two times that I've, I've thought of, I, I, I thought of read it right away were in the Muppet movie when Kermit talks about how all his friends, you know, believe in him, you know, in the, in the desert scene when he's talking with himself. Uh, and then in the 2011 Muppet movie, uh, Kermit is giving his big speech to, uh, uh, to the, all the Muppets. And he says, uh, I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if no one believes in us because I believe. I believe in you and you and you. And it's a very, I think that's a lovely scene. But the truth is, is like, that is contrived. It's always contrived. Believing in someone is means nothing. You know, it's like you can believe yeah. in Santa Claus. Like, it, it's, it, it's, there's no action in that. That's a thought and a prayer. But can I ask you something? Yeah. If just one person believes in you, <laughs> big enough yep. and strong enough. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Doesn't, doesn't that make you cry? I mean, it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful sentiment, but it, I think it ultimately means very little. <laughs> Anthony, yeah. I believe in you, though. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. What do you want to talk about next with Kermit and Fozzie? Well, I'll tell you, is, is Fozzie has a replacement. That's true. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's TV's Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman from Making It. From Making It, which is the best TV show ever. Everyone should go watch it. That's um, great. He's also, uh, you've seen him in Parks and Recreation, and he was a voice in the Lego movie, uh, and uh, he also, uh, Muppet Connection for him, appeared in a, a viral video uh, made in 2014 uh, with Cookie Monster and John Oliver. They made, a, they made a video, and Nick Offerman has a little cameo in that thing. Um, but uh, So Nick Offerman is hired as, as Fozzie's replacement, but we never actually get to see him as Fozzie's replacement, which is a shame. Uh, but he does uh, tell Kermit, um, Kermit, well, Kermit asks, uh, says to him, uh, you know, uh, we owe you one. And he goes, great, I will take a cappuccino machine. Yeah, which is, which is very funny. That's a good joke. It was a very good joke. But he, I liked it. he specifically, he's describing the one he wants. He wants the big one. You know, the kind that you see in restaurants that are run uh, by Italian guys who've been in this country long enough to speak English, but don't. But don't, yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Later on, he, he comes back, uh, he has another scene, and he says, Kermit, I'm sorry, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have asked you for a cappuccino maker. Uh, I want a boat. And Kermit's like, I'm not buying you a boat. And he's like, it's, a, it's not a big boat, it's just a sloop. And I'm going to call it cappuccino, because that way I, I sort of get both. <laughs> but then he has a weird moment where he says, or I'll call it Janice. And he kind of has a little, little moment with, with Janice. Like he's flirting with her. Yeah, which is like, that, that is... Funnier than when Sam falls in love with Janice, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll get later. to that soon. Spoiler, yeah. spoiler. Um, but also, like, I don't know, man. Nick Offerman is, like, famously married to a, a fellow actor, Megan Mullally. Like, everyone knows it. So it's like, it also just plays like he's like, hey, Janice, I'll cheat on my wife with you. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> That's funny. I, I hadn't thought of that, and I, I just assume that 
that Nick Offerman and uh, Megan Mullally are are like they just seem to be so sexually active that <laughs> like it's okay. Like, <laughs> hey, look, Janice was on your list. Like, have fun. Hall pass. You know. Sure. Fair enough. Um. Anyway, he's great, and there's not enough of him in this episode. It's a shame. Correct. Correct. He should be doing uh, sketches with muffins. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, it would. But uh, no, we're we're left with uh, Fozzie Bear, uh, who has now moved to the woods so he could write his screenplay. Um, uh, unsurprisingly, he is terrible at living uh, out in the wild. Uh, he swallows a bug. His tent flies away. Oh um, man, that scene where he—that's another—that's another you the man thing, where he swallows a bug and like sits there hacking it up. Yep, it's not funny. That it's goes just a on. Thing. It goes on forever, and it's not. It's not even remotely funny. It's just like we we need to fill the time. This this episode needs like this. This is twenty two minutes of network television, and that's all it is. Like, yeah, yeah, you're you're you totally know? right. And and uh, you know we we get something where the joke is Fozzie Bear is not very good at being a bear, and that's it. That's the whole joke. They don't care about the characters. Again, same thing. Yeah. Um. I do appreciate the fact that, like, like I just assume, you know, I think of, like, Fozzie Bear, this, this, parts of this feel like uh, the evolution of Fozzie Bear being, like, a bear that can drive a Studebaker. It's like, he's a city bear. You know, that doesn't really, sure. this is, this is yeah. Fozzie who, like, in Muppet Sick Manhattan, when he's, like, sleeping in the cave with the other bears, is like, I don't know how to do yeah. this. Um, but that's and, way fun, like, that's, I'm just saying, it's the same idea, but that's a funny version. Correct, yes. Um, it's, but, like, that, like, him walking around, th- this is an example of, like, there was a joke that I thought started funny and ended not so funny. But he's walking around the woods, um, hungry. He didn't bring any food with him because he th- could have sworn there was a Panda Express around here. Uh, and then he goes, "Oh no, wait! I'm thinking of the Glendale Galleria." Just yeah, you're, it's funny when he says, "I thought there was a Panda Express around here." Yes, is, is that what you're saying? Yes. And then it's and and then they do the same joke again. So it, like, they like explain it too loud, so it stops being funny. Yes, not only that, but uh, the fact that like it's a very LA specific joke, and yeah. I get that. Like, I live in New York City, and I watch TV shows and movies all the time that make New York specific jokes that I think are hilarious. And um, Anthony, you live in Missouri. Uh, I don't. Minnesota. You used to live in Missouri. Whoops, it was the other M state. You live in Minnesota, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you hate when people make uh, when TV shows make uh, New York or LA jokes. Um, so this I, is probably I, how you feel I, all the time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I hate it. It's just like often my reaction is like, "Oh yeah, TV writers think everyone cares about this." Yes. Like it's not like I'm like it's not like I'm like how dare you make reference to traffic on the George Washington Bridge or whatever. <laughs> like it's just like yeah. It's just, it's just like oh okay y- you know whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, Fozzie spots uh, some food tied up in a tree, and he he, is, he smells Oreos. Um, there's a nice little bit of puppetry where he's he's jumping for it and his feet are wiggling as he's in the air. Uh, thankfully, it doesn't last too long because it's uh, people find it really creepy when they see Muppet feet for some reason. I don't I don't share that that I, feeling. I, I like I to see him. Yeah, I like to find. see him. Um, like Muppet feet. And then what happens to and then what happens to Fozzie? Lol, he gets tranquilized. Good jokes, funny comedy oh, man, is great. He gets darted in the neck by a park ranger. And uh, and then we get one of my least favorite jokes that the Muppets ever make um, is I do not like when Muppets make boy am I drunk or boy am I high type of jokes. Yeah, it's like the last few minutes of this episode and none of it's like none of it's like here. Here's exactly what I put in my notes. Tell me, please. Let me let me read it directly from my read notes them, here. Read them verbatim for me, Anthony. I will read them verbatim. Fozzie getting drugged and acting drugged at the end is dumb and bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, you know, he he's like stumbling around. I will say, like, there's some good puppetry from Eric Jacobson. Like, Fozzie looks like he's got a lot of weight to him, like, because Kermit's kind of like holding his arm. Um, but uh, you know, he's like looking for his hat, but he's wearing his hat. Um, yeah, Fozzie asks Kermit, uh, "Have you ever been tranquilized?" And Kermit says, no, but I did lick my third cousin once and the walls started melting. So I feel you, bro. And there's a lot of, I have a lot of questions about that too. <laughs> it's, but well, it's, but, but it's like a joke that like is supposed to seem edgy, yep. but like doesn't make any sense at all. Cause it's like kind of a drug reference and kind of an incest joke. Right. Why did he lick his cousin? 
So there's this show called The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you guys have talked about The Big Bang Theory yet, which had the same... I mean, Bill Prady was the executive producer of this. He was the showrunner of The Big Bang Theory for many years. We can't pretend that the two shows are not more closely related than The Muppet Show and and this, right? Correct. Um, but, like, they did a joke where they're all, like, eight, they ate, like, pot cookies, and they're all laying around giggling. You know, I mean, every sitcom has done that, right? It's like the sure, classic. Yeah. It was good. It was good when Taxi did it. It was good when Barney Miller did it. It was less good when uh, the Big Bang Theory did it. But of course, of course, one of the things that they have the characters say is Howard is like, oh, I lost my virginity to my cousin, my second cousin. Lol. Yeah. It's the same crap. It's just yeah. stock garbage. Like, sitcom writer's room, like, this has the cadence of a joke. Nothing. It's, it's, yeah. This show makes me so mad, Joe. <laughs> I could tell. But, and, but, like, this joke also, like, specifically this joke of Kermit's, it's, it's the same thing as, like, the Rolf thing, where it's like someone saw on a piece of paper, this character is a frog. And they're like, great, let's make a frog joke. Um, I don't know, some frogs yeah. are poisonous. So there you go. Like, that's, that's the yeah. whole joke. It has nothing to do with Kermit, it has everything to do with, being a frog right like every oh and and i do again i do think the show got better about this as it went on yeah yeah but i agree like at this point it's just every character is yeah i don't i don't know like it's one of those things where you watch you watch the middle seasons of the simpsons and it seems like the writers have no idea who the characters are anymore mm-hmm and then you watch the like the later like twenty something, you know thirty something now seasons of The Simpsons. Yeah, it, it reached a point where eventually the writers were fans who had grown up with the show, and even though the writing's not up to the level of the of, of the classic years, the characters feel more like themselves because the writers like know the rhythms of what The Simpsons is. That is what the two the Jason Segel and Nick Stoller movies are, hmm. right? Like. Like, those guys know the rhythms of, of what the Muppets are. And this is the middle seasons where, like, they just hired people who write TV shows. Right, who don't, yeah. Who don't know the characters. So here's here's my big question. Um, this is where the episode ends for, for these characters. Uh, and they are leaving the woods now. Fozzie's completely drugged up. We assume that Kermit is going to drive him home. So what are they doing with Fozzie's car? They're just leaving it in the woods. He's got that great uh, convertible. <laughs> But, like, Kermit can't drive two cars at the same time. They never answer this question, and we'll never know. I, it, it's it's very upsetting. That's my only problem with this <laughs> script. All right, so that that's uh, story. That's our A plot here. Let's go to one of our B plots. Um, so uh, Christina Applegate is, uh, is a, a guest star on Up Late with Miss Piggy. Uh, she's being interviewed by Piggy. And, uh, by the way, uh, Christina Applegate's. Uh, well known for her role as Kelly Bundy on Married with Children, uh, she was in the uh, the two Anchorman movies. She's currently on the TV show Dead to Me, which is phenomenal, and she is just like spectacular on this show. Don't forget that she didn't tell mom the babysitter was dead. She didn't tell mom. Mom had to find out all on she her didn't. own. <laughs> she didn't tell her. Uh, but uh, she also appeared uh, in 2009 was in a Word on the Day segment on Sesame Street. Uh, she explained the word booth with Elmo. Um, and then the following year, uh, probably in the same photo shoot or uh, video shoot, uh, she appeared on a Shalom Sesame home video explaining the word Shalom. Oh, fun. The title, the, t- the titular word. If only the show was called Shalom Booth, then she would have had the monopoly on all those <laughs> words. <laughs> the title I like, right, so. I like i like those i like those shalom sesame videos though man i do i learned a lot did you yeah that's good to know we should do a whole podcast about shalom sesame that'd be uh, that's what shows way better than this <laughs> all right everyone should just go watch shalom sesame and forget about the muppets there is nothing in 16 episodes that approaches the the level of matzah in the house <laughs> uh great i actually i actually totally would do a podcast about shalom sesame i think that'd be fascinating but uh, in any case, uh, Shalom Sesame, uh, Shalom Sesame, good Lord, get it off your brain, Joe. Uh, Christina Applegate, uh, she, uh, she is being interviewed by Piggy, and she surprises Piggy with a video from her baby shower 
uh, of um, Piggy stumbling into the into the room, face planting into a cake, falling backwards, tugging on the on the tablecloth. Uh, the tablecloth uh, with the cake on it falls on top of Piggy, presumably. And Piggy looks super embarrassed and uh, vows revenge on Christina Applegate. So that that's that yep. premise. It happens. It sure does. Um, but then, but also right before we go to the to the opening titles, Gonzo turns to Kermit and says, "Like I told you, you wouldn't approve it." And laughs. He's like, "Ha ha ha." Well, the joke that that he makes, which I I appreciate the the cadence at least of this, is uh, you know Gonzo says like, "Oh, I I knew that you wouldn't." you wouldn't like it, so I went over your head. Kermit says, but I'm the boss. And he goes, oh, well then I went behind your back. Yeah, right, which, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, but it's, I mean, a, it's like, good cadence, yeah. But, well, right, D- Dave Goals knows what he's doing, you know. Yep, yep. The, 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 the man's a legend. But, um, but no, like, Gonzo went behind Kermit's back to get some material on the air. And it was Christina Applegate showing an embarrassing video from her baby shower. Right. Because most of the, uh, uh, the motivation behind a lot of the characters on that, that are working on up late with Miss Piggy is that they hate Miss Piggy. Right. Because everyone hates each other on this. show, Right. But like Gonzo normally, like it would be like if it was a weird or if it was about art or his yeah. weird view of what art is, then that would make sense. But it's not, it's just like, Hey, Piggy fall down, go boom. Right, exactly. Because yeah. I mean, we'll talk more about Gonzo not being Gonzo, I guess, later. But sure. But that's that's just just another example of it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then in our next scene, um, uh, there's a brief moment where the Swedish chef is asking Christina Applegate for an autograph, oh, and she oh says, goodness. "Who should I make it out to?" And he says, "Megan." I don't know if he's saying Megan or Megan or Megan. I think yeah. I don't. I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, she other? says, oh, is that your wife, your daughter? And he's like, no, no, Megan, Megan, me. And he's pointing at himself. And she goes, oh, it's you. And she's like, oh, hey, live your truth. And he does like a like a RuPaul snap and kind of says, you go, girl. And so here's the thing. I assumed, or again, going back to hope, I hoped that this was just a joke that we didn't get, that maybe he's saying something else in Swedish, that she just assumes that he's saying a name and mis- misinterprets that as, as like a female name. Um I have a really good friend who is Swedish and obviously because he was born and raised in Sweden, he speaks it fluently. So I sent him that clip and I was like, is he saying like, like, Oh, it's for me. Or is he saying like, I'm going to sell it on eBay or whatever. And my friend was like, no, it's like, I mean, if we're looking at it from a Swedish standpoint, it's complete gibberish. So really it's just that the Swedish chef is saying that his name is Megan. And that's right. That's a joke. Apparently. So the, uh, but but like a but then a like she says like live your truth girl or whatever and then like you say he does the RuPaul snap, so it's like the joke I'm I'm putting heavy air quotes around joke is what if Swedish chef trans lol that's it I guess we we had a joke a couple episodes ago where where um uh you know Pepe says something about like gender being fluid. And, you know, like, I get, like, we're, we're trying to be open-minded and, and, and tolerant and accepting, uh, in, you know, for a 2015 sitcom. But, like, I don't know if that's necessarily the way to do it, especially, like, as a, as a one-off joke that is never brought up again. Like, right, right. It's just, it just seems like, I'm, I mean, the joke is essentially, like, gender identity, lol, right? Yeah. Like... Right, it's, it's ugly. It's not. Yeah, it, it does not work. It doesn't add anything to who the Swedish chef is. It doesn't. It's not. It's not a funny joke. It's. It's a little shocking. No. I guess. I guess you might laugh because it's shocking, but yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work. Yeah, this show is bad. <laughs> uh, so uh, next, uh, Miss Piggy wants to hire. Uh, not hire. She wants to recruit Scooter uh, to help her get revenge on uh, Christina Applegate. Um, so he's, you know, he's been spying on her and she's not doing anything that interesting. Um, but, uh, I, I will say, <laughs> I, 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 I like the pairing of Piggy and Scooter, uh, in, in this way, if only because this is historically the Piggy and Scooter relationship. Right, right. It's the, it's the Dom DeLuise episode. It's the yeah. Madeline Kahn episode, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I wrote down, uh, Dom DeLuise episode, uh, Scooter pays off the audience to applaud for Piggy and then, 
loudly so that Kermit will hear uh, says something that along the lines that like Miss B has a uh, a, a great offer uh, for another show. So, you know, Kermit will appreciate her more. Um, and then in the Avery right. Schreiber episode, uh, Piggy gets Scooter to spread the rumor that Avery Schreiber is in love with, with her. Um, right, yeah, yeah. What, what, what happens in the Metal and Con episode? Remind me. Maybe, okay, I think I was thinking of the Dom DeLuise episode. Oh, okay. Because I think of that I thought the, the job offer was, was Madeline Con. Yeah, for sure. I guess not. Um, so I appreciate that. Uh, it doesn't really pay off, especially because the end to this this go-nowhere storyline is that Scooter is delivering a cake to Christina Applegate with the expectation that, she, like, I guess he, he was going to throw it in her face or something, and Piggy was going to film it. Um, and yep. Christina Applegate feels Correct. bad for him. Like, we all feel bad for him and everyone on the show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's like, well, I don't want you to get fired. So she she puts her face in the cake. It would be very easy for me to say, like, oh, on The Muppet Show, Piggy and Christina Applegate would have just had a song uh, together. And that's, like, how their rivalry would be, you know, sorted out or whatever, which is true. But I don't even mean to sit around here and talk only about The Muppet Show. Because, like, in a few episodes... They're going to do something pretty similar with Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Which does resolve with Piggy singing a song. Right. Because they learned that, like, that's what should happen. Right. That's what the Muppets do. You, you know? Yeah. And I think that helps that one feel better than, feel just, like, more natural than this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this just, like, it just isn't a story arc. Like, nobody, nobody learns anything. Nobody changes. Nobody has, there's really not much action in here. Uh, it's just like Miss Piggy is like, like hates, you know, some lady and then Miss Piggy gets arrested at the, at the end and that's it. Right. And don't, and don't forget that Miss Piggy also says sex it to me, Saki boys. Oh, I forgot about that sketch. You already forgot. Cause you blocked, you blocked it out. I did. I did. Yeah. Christine Applegate's talking about Piggy's Japanese commercials where the catchphrase is suck, uh, suck it. Suck it to me, sexy boys. Which is like, okay, that's kind of a cute joke. Like, the Piggy has to say that in commercials or whatever. But then Piggy says, actually, it was sex it to me, sake boys. Which, like, only makes sense if you've heard the other thing right before. And also isn't funny and isn't a, a commercial slogan. Not only that, but um, all it made me want to want is to see Miss Piggy in like one of those really bizarre Japanese commercials. Like why why couldn't they just show us the commercial? Right. Like 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 on, honestly, this whole show would be better if it was formatted like 30 Rock instead of The Office. Yeah. And they did and they did cutaways to stuff like that instead of just describing it. 30 Rock know? probably also would have like if not done a cutaway like that, which I think you're right, they would have tossed it during the credits. Like like while the credits are running right, we for see sure. Piggy's for bizarre sure. commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's move on to the, the third and final storyline here so we can be done talking about this episode. All right. Uh, this is about uh, Gonzo. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's really into online dating because that was in the press release. He loves it. It was in the press release for this show, so I guess we have to follow up with that. Oh, that makes, that makes yep. sense. Yeah, look how, look how hip and modern. You, you like, I, I mean, I, I, th- I, I think you also met your wife online. Correct. I know I did. Yes. And I like I met my wife online in 2009, which is six years before this. And like, we weren't we weren't trailblazers, you know. This this wasn't like uh, this wasn't like a hot new thing. No, in 2009, so so it certainly wasn't in 2015. That's just like how people meet each other. It's true. Yeah, Um, yeah. It's not weird. It doesn't it doesn't fit Gonzo at all. Um, But uh, no, nothing nothing about like this. Gonzo's role in this should be played by Scooter. Oh, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Like yeah, every a little bit desperate. Everything yeah. about it would make sense. Yeah, yeah, he's desperate. He wouldn't. He'd be worried about like what some girl would think yeah. of him, right? Like I can also see this as like a Bobo storyline because Bobo is so sure. Yeah, that's Bobo and Cindy Crawford. Yeah, right? that's like, exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Um, so I, yeah. I I did a freeze frame on uh, on Gonzo's profile. He uses a photo of Liam Hemsworth as his own. Um, partially because Liam Hemsworth is a very good-looking gentleman, and partially because they hired him to actually appear in this episode. So I guess they, they that's that's how they landed on Liam. Right, and I think he's I, I think he's fine. Like he's very game. He's, no, sure. he's happy to be there. He's fine. You know, he doesn't really do anything 
funny, but he's... Yeah. He's the second best Hemsworth. I like the one... I like the one who plays Thor in the play in Thor Ragnarok. You mean Luke Hemsworth? I like that guy. You mean the one who uh, I didn't know who he was, uh, but I knew he was probably someone famous, so I had to Google him. That that yes, Hemsworth? that was me too. That's why that's why I like him. He is truly the Anne Cusack of Australia. <laughs> you think <laughs> Luke Hemsworth is Anne Cusack? Is that what you're saying? Liam is John. Come on. Yes. Liam is the John Cusack. Sure. Yeah. No, you're you're totally right. You're totally right. Um, because because Chris is Joan, obviously. Yes. Because Joan Cusack is the greatest. Yes. You're totally totally right. She's great. They're both great. The website that Gonzo was using for for his online dating is full of missed opportunities. I wrote down everything that I could I could find uh, in the freeze frame when we see his profile. Um, the website is called Leap for Love with the number four. Um, not a joke, just a thing that they made up. Uh, his profile name is Gonzo Loves Love. Love is spelled two separate, uh, different ways in that. Um, and then, you know, in the whole description of, of what he looks like, it's all probably Liam Hemsworth's stats. So he's six foot three, body type is buff. Uh, and then everything else is like kind of like Gonzo Light. Again, like if you had read like a, a brief description of who Gonzo is. So it's things I like, art and pain. Things I dislike, nothing. I see a use for the stupidest things, especially the stupidest things. Not really that funny. It might be funny if Dave Gold said it, though, is the thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But he didn't. We just saw it written down in, in like a two-second flashback, uh, fly, uh, flyby on, on screen. Um, and then it says five words that describe me. Outsider, independent, fearless, soulful. Okay, is that five? And and that that's it. None of it's a joke. No, right? none you're of it's right. A joke. It's just like missed opportunities. It's like you, very missed opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, the girl that he has matched with, that he's been chatting with, her name is Debbie. Um, I am reasonably sure that that is a reference to Debbie McClellan. Uh, who is the former vice president of Muppet Studio. Uh, she was an executive producer on this project. Uh, she started working with the Muppets. According to the Muppet Wiki, she started around 1999. Um, her first on-screen credit is uh, assistant to Brian Henson on Muppets from Space. Uh, I don't know if she was working with them before that or not, but uh, she very soon after, uh, very quickly after became a producer uh, on most of the Muppet projects from for like the early 2000s all the way up until 2019. So um, she's been very prominent with the Muppets for a very long time. I assumed it was a reference to Dave Golds' wife, young adult author Deborah Golds. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't thought of that. I think that that's just as likely. Yeah, that's what I assumed. But oh, I don't know either. Well, I'm curious and she goes now. by Deborah. You know, she doesn't go by Debbie, so maybe not. Uh, well, in any case, uh, so... Pepe and Gonzo, you know, convince. I'm oh, sorry, Pepe and Rizzo convinced Gonzo that maybe it was a bad idea to lead this girl astray. And this whole thing is just like it's super icky. Um, I don't believe that Gonzo would would do this uh, to a woman deliberately. Like he's like, and it's not not because he's being weird, and it's not because he's being artistic. It's not because he's being a crazy guy. It's because like he's sad and lonely and thinks he's ugly. And I guess, like, season one Muppet show Gonzo is a little sad and lonely and thinks he's ugly, but, like, that's not really the same guy that we would that we would come to know and love over, the, like, you know, the rest of the 70s and 80s, especially through today. Yeah, he's, he's beat, like, once again, he's being Raj from the Big Bang Theory. Sure. I don't that's watch it. the show, but that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that show's not that good either, Joe. But you know what? <laughs> you know what's real? You know what's really sad? That show's better than this one, by far. So Gonzo and Rizzo and Pepe go to the bar. They they meet up with Liam Hemsworth. Somehow they, they convince him, you know, they, they trick him into thinking he's going to be on up late with Miss Piggy. But really, they're just hanging out at, at Rolf's Tavern. And uh, they convince Liam to go on a date with Debbie and then, like, somehow convince Debbie that she actually wants to be with Gonzo. It's not really clear what their plan is, and I don't think it really matters um, because Debbie shows up, and first of all, 
you know, she's like a humanoid-looking puppet. Uh, nothing interesting about her. I guess she's pretty uh, for a for a puppet. Um, and you know, we we just a couple episodes ago met uh, Denise Kermit's girlfriend. And, you know, these are two new female characters that were created for this show that are both, they both only exist as love interests for a previously established male character. And they're both super bland and couldn't tell you yes. anything about either one of their personalities. So there's a pattern right. here. Unfortunately. Although, although that does remind me that the best character, like one of my favorite characters on this show and gets a, couple chances to shine in this episode is Yolanda. Yeah. Yolanda's great. Who, like I, y- Yolanda was so funny on this show. And it, in this episode, it starts with her talking about how she needs to break up with a possum. Uh, who's, who she says is disgusting, not because he's a possum, but because he's in advertising. <laughs> I, and the, I love that. The That's way Ju- Julianne Busher says advertising is so funny. And then she also gets to brag about her B average in night school later, which I which I also laughed at. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, no. This show I, should I have way agree. more Yolanda and way less. But but again, like, yeah, that's a character that we'd seen before, but not really. You know, like it's she was in Bob's Take Manhattan with a different performer. She was in Muppet Classic Theater with the same performer. But um, but like she's she's kind of a blank slate, so like she's allowed to just be a funny weird character. But it, I agree. We're not not only that, but Yolanda feels like a Muppet. Like she like she would fit in like this, yeah. this version of Yolanda would fit in on the Muppet Show or any of the movies or like any like a random commercial or TV appearance they would make. Like she very much feels like she's a part of this troupe and has been, you know, for the entire time. Whereas like we would never have said that about you know uh, Denise. Kermit's girlfriend, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Right, and 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 like, I, again, speaking of like, before the show came out, it was like new Muppet pig Denise. <laughs> the world will bow before Denise. You know? Yeah. And then Yolanda just kind of like slipped in there and like is, is the star of the yeah. show. Should have been the Yolanda show. I would have watched that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Liam Hemsworth goes on a date with Debbie. He uh, asks, you know, oh, if, if I if I didn't look this handsome, you know, would you still go out with me? Like, what if I look like that guy? And kind of gestures towards Gonzo, and she's like, I mean, yeah, you know, sure. And then suddenly he's like, oh well, someone likes me, and it's not for my looks. And he asks her out on a real date, and they they leave, and and that's it. So Gonzo ends up sad and alone. That's how that story ends. So poor Gonzo. Just to recap. Of the three stories that we have going on here, one of them ends with the, one of the characters being drugged and basically carried out. One of them ends with one of the characters being arrested. And the third one ends with a character being left alone and dejected after having tried to trick a woman into dating him. Like, this is a downer. This is a downer of an episode. Yeah. You know what? You've convinced me. This is worse than that other one. I should have put this number 50. Wow. This is, this, <laughs> this, is, this is the worst episode of television ever made. Wow. So let me ask you a, a couple of questions. <laughs> First of all, was there anything that we that we, we skipped? Because we, we uh, kind of ran over a few of these. Um, we didn't we didn't talk about we didn't talk about Chip, who is oh. who is introduced like this version of Chip oh, is yeah, introduced here. For sure. But but that's be but that's because all he does is do the same joke three times, which is someone says who are you and he says I'm Chip, I'm the IT guy, which is like again Dave Dave Goals is great man I love Dave yeah. but like there's obviously there's no studio audience on this show, but it's such a like say the same line throughout the episode so that the audience goes nuts. That's joke. that's his bazinga. Is I'm Chip the IT guy. Yeah, it's totally his bazinga. <laughs> like again, again on the on, a, another Big Bang Theory thing that this reminds me of. Okay, there's an episode in season three of that show where Howard and Raj go out on a date with two goth girls, and one of them keeps saying, "Me too," not that anyone cares, or like something else, not that anyone cares, and it's like not a joke, but the audience laughs every time. Sure, so it must be a joke. Because the audience and, is telling us that it's funny. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm Chip. I'm the IT guy. Is so here's one thing that I appreciated about it um, is I, I was thinking about the fact that like after 
after this show, people, at least Muppet fans, were talking about Chip a lot. People really liked Chip. And uh, I wonder if a part of it is because he got to say his name and and, and uh, his job four times. This is the I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. Like, he just say your name yeah, enough true. and people are going to love you. Um, but we should also say Chip was is a uh, puppet who is designed after Bill Prady. Is supposed to look like Bill Prady. Uh, and uh, oh, yeah. he was created for the Jim Henson Hour. Uh, which Bill Prady mm-hmm. worked He's on. He's part of the band of part of the band of pirates who uh, bust in and take over the airwaves. That's right. Um, and he's he he's got this like egghead looking shape. Like he's definitely a geeky looking dude. But he's got this cool thing that I, I really like where uh, his pupils blink. Like his eyes don't blink, but the pupils do. Yeah. Um, right. It's like it's like it has like a little white film that goes over the tiny pupils. Yeah. Yeah. It's to weird. Make his whole eye white for just like a split second. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's super weird, and I just like that it's different. You know, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, and it gives Dave Goals a reason to be funny. Like, give Dave Goals any puppet and let him go nuts, and it's it's that's great. But um, yes, this is the intro- our introduction to the new and improved Chip, and we'll be seeing more of him throughout the rest of this season. And still, Chip was on M- Muppets Now. Like, that's true. That's true. Uh, he's, he, he's, he's still the IT he's guy. He's like one of the elements of this show that one of the elements of this show that survived. That's right. Along with like Uncle Dudley and Miss Piggy team. Yeah, that's a good point. Whatever, you know? So Chip is here to stay. Yeah. So Anthony, uh, I, I think we've we've kind of covered this several times, um, but uh, now that you've revisited this episode uh, several times now, uh, how does it compare to your very first viewing five years ago? It's so much worse, man. Like, I, I mean, again, like, like I said at the start, like, I even after this one, I'm sure I was like, hmm, actually, this is good. I like the Muppets, so I must like this. Uh, untrue, untrue. And it, but, but, like, I'll say this, like, I think I've be, I think this show broke me, because, like. I've been pretty cynical about new Muppet stuff ever since. Like, Muppets Now came out. Like, I only watched one of them, and I was just like, this show is nothing, <laughs> you know? Whereas, like, with this one, I like I watched every one, and I was like, it's going to get better. It's so, the Muppets will not let me down. I Because I, I love the Jim Henson Hour. I love Muppets Tonight. Like, y- you know, so I wanted to be like, Muppets will always be my friend. <laughs> well, don't forget, too, like, we're, we're still coming off the high of Muppets Most Wanted, which I know was... Was, Which rules? It was not uh, like like it wasn't a success of a movie, but yeah, no, you and I agree. Like it was, it's a great movie, and so we were hoping it's like okay, well they you know they're still finding their footing with with going back to TV, but like we know they can be good. They were just in a thing like the other day. They were that just was great. Yeah, right, right, right. Like 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 I remember talking to you, either you or Ryan, probably both <laughs> at at the time about like the Muppets like even if they never do anything ever again, like we'll still have like these two good movies. And then like, I remember like saying like, and a, a good TV show. Cause it was like, I just knew. Sure. Yeah. It was like preemptive. Like, like the, this is the Muppet Renaissance. Muppets most wanted is great. The Muppets is great. The, the feature film, the Muppets is great. The sitcom, you know, and that's not, that's no false. Go on is just as good. Go on, everyone. Go find Go on. Go- it's probably streaming somewhere. Go for watch. Free. <laughs> go watch the goon. It's probably the goon is probably on Crackle or Tubi or something. Uh, or just someone uploaded all the Vimeo. It's just there. They don't care. <laughs> They've given up on trying to make money off of Go on. Uh, anyway, well, this has been this has been great, Anthony. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Hey, you folks out there, uh, if you want to learn more about Muppets or read more of the things that people like Anthony and myself write, uh, please go to toughpigs.com. Go visit us on Twitter at toughpigs or Facebook at toughpigs or Instagram at toughpigs. Uh, and uh, be sure to uh, listen to all the fun podcast episodes that we have on this channel, including 15 seconds to curtain, uh, which is our interview series with notable Muppet fans, as well as the podcast series moving right along featuring Anthony and our colleague Ryan Rowe as they review Muppet movies two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot 
Uh, and uh, please be sure to give us good ratings and uh, subscribe and tell all your friends and all that fun stuff that we say at the end of every podcast. And uh, make sure you tune in for more talk where we're bashing <laughs> the 2015 Muppets sitcom right here on Muppets the Sitcom, the podcast. Thanks, everybody, and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.